Hey, what is going on? Welcome back to the very first episode of Carpool Edition in the new year. Uh, my name is Sam, and I'm joined with Jonathan, and we have a very special guest. Finn's Dynasty on Instagram runs a big Miami Dolphins fan account, and so we're going to be talking all things Miami Dolphins on this podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us, Finn's Dynasty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, all right. So before we get into our awesome topics, a word from another podcast. All right, we're going to jump right in to some of the hot topics about the Miami Dolphins, starting with should Brian Flores win coach of the year, even though they missed out on the NFL playoffs? Um, should Brian Flores win coach of the year? I think he should win coach of the year. He was even uh, talks in last year if he should win coach of the year. And um, even though it was, it was an unpopular opinion, um, there's a lot of analysts that were saying he should have won coach of the year because he took a very low talented uh, franchise to five wins. And this year he, he doubled that he got 10 wins and uh, you don't see that very often with a team that is basically uh, has a tank roster that goes to five wins. To, and then in less than a year, they get 10 wins. So I think he wins, he should win coach of the year. Um, you haven't really seen a team, um, do that before in a long time um, and he's up there with a couple of good coaches right now but um, with the with the results we've seen I think he does win coach of the year he should win coach of the year so um, I think a lot, yeah so how do you think the Miami Dolphins were able to, to make that jump from five wins to ten wins in just one season because although they did get uh, a QB in the first round of last year's draft to attack of I, I don't, is it due to coaching in itself or did they upgrade in a lot of positions? Um, I think that coaching has a lot to do with it. Um, you see a lot of the players that are, that were saying in their press conferences that this team is special. This team is different than, than other teams that they've played on and the fact that it's more like a family. And I think the whole Dolphins culture has really embraced that. Um, they've all said that this, this team is very close knit. And um, so, yeah, coaching has a lot to do with it. Um, Brian Flores has a great, uh, does a great job of uh, relating to his, his players and all that. But the offseason signings are, were a big factor. Um, they got a top pass rusher who fi finished as a top pass rusher, Emmanuel Ogba, um, who, who, was n who was kind of a nobody in Kansas City. No one really knew of him, but... Miami picked him up in free agency and he became, uh, he almost, he had the numbers to become a pro bowler. Um, and then you have Xavier Howard, who's a candidate for defensive player of the year. So Miami's defense, um, they really carried this, this season and almost carried them to the playoffs. Um, but you got some good offensive weapons too. Once you get into the draft and into free agency, this team will definitely be a candidate um, next season. Yeah, so I have a, a fun question. We were going back to the, the coaching. Um, what do you think is more impressive, Brian Flores going uh, with a 10-win season but missing the playoffs, or Ron Rivera reading the Washington football team uh, to the playoffs, even though they had less game, uh, less wins than the Dolphins? I think what, what you see with Ron Rivera is more of a, a feel-good story with the, mm -hmm. with the whole um, – the Alex Smith and everything. In reality, the AFC is a much tougher conference and Flores has done a much better job with 10 wins. And then you have the NFC where 
it's you got teams that are making the playoffs with with worse records and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's you know but obviously Flores with the with the better record um has done more than Ron Rivera no no disrespect to Ron Rivera he's taking he's taking this this football team to the playoffs um but the division's just just um terrible so yeah it's kind of laughable of a, yeah. <laughs> the division it's just uh yeah. we if if uh, Philadelphia didn't tank their last game. We we could have seen it, uh, seen a six win team in the Giants in the playoffs. That would have been something that we haven't seen in in forever. It feels like, but um, definitely Miami. Uh, Brian Flores has a good shot to win it. I know uh, Kevin Stefanski for the Cleveland Browns also. Uh, he did uh, edge out that last playoff spot in the AFC. So. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes down. Um, I'm really excited for for the Miami Dolphins going into next season. Um, looking at the draft, we, we briefly mentioned it before, but they, they have the third overall pick uh, due to the Texans trade with Laramie Tunsil and all that. Where do you see this team going? And is it is it too far to think that they might trade back a little bit and, and then draft uh, Heisman winner Devontae Smith? Uh, no, it's not too hard to think that. I mean, in reality, Miami, uh, they, they held a press conference with the general manager and the coach a couple of days ago, and they just reiterated that Tua was the starter. He will remain the starter. And I think that's important because they could have easily said that we're looking at all options, right? And then that could have, that could have scared teams into thinking, oh, is, the, is the Miami going to pick a quarterback at three? But um, I think that there's a, there's good there's big potential for anything in this draft i think a trade back for um to get more value um but um yeah Devontae smith um is, is a big big candidate for miami in the draft i think that they could trade back with any team in the top 10 who's eager to get that three slot and then just basically rebuild this offense because this offense is just so stagnant this season um but it all starts with, with this draft and the receivers and, and getting as many offensive weapons as possible. I feel like with Tua, what he's missing is a true number one stud on the offensive end with him. He, I mean, Mike Kosecki, really, really reliable on offense. We saw uh, injuries at the receiver position all season. Uh, it, was, it was basically a plague for the Dolphins. They couldn't get anything going. And, and we saw that with Ryan Fitzpatrick come into games uh, when Tua wasn't throwing the ball in certain 50-50 scenarios that you're forced to do with the, the cards that you're given. Can we see Tua take that jump if they do go receiver? And what, what if they don't? What, what are the Dolphins going to look like next season if they don't go receiver in, in the first round of this draft? Um, if they don't go receiver in the first round of the draft, there's a lot of other options. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's free agency where you have guys like Allen Robinson, you have guys like, um, like Kenny Galladay. And there's been a report that says even Marvin Jones is, is looking to go to Miami. Um, I, I think it's, it, it would be a mistake not to get a receiver in the first round, but, um, we, Miami has a, a, a lot of picks in this draft as they have last, as they had last year. Um, free agency is just a, a big they have around 30 million in cap space which is still up there with with a lot of the top, other top teams um, so a lot of things are open for Miami um, but it, it is important to establish that wide receiver position because 
the truth of matter is that we the Dolphins haven't had receivers that could pull through for two. I mean, they've this season they've had the third most, I believe, the third most drops um, out of all the receivers. So you got to get talent on that offense in order for Tua to basically be successful. Yeah, because Tua is really only as good as the guys he's throwing to. And something that I've noticed, um, at least in the first few games that he played, uh, all the reporters were talking about this. How much do you think him being a lefty is playing into the fact that there is a lot of drops? Because, you know, these guys are not used to catching balls thrown by a left-handed quarterback. It's the routes that they're running have to be slightly adjusted. The blind side is completely different for the offensive line. And also just simply the the spin of the ball, the rotation of the ball is different. Um, so catching a ball in tight windows when you're not used to it being thrown by a left-handed quarterback, how much of an adjustment period is there for these guys who might not be the most talented in general? Um, like Devontae Parker is the best receiver on the team by far. And then next up is what, Preston Williams? maybe um they've probably never caught a professionally thrown football by a left-handed quarterback in their lives how much of there is an adjustment period for that uh i I think you can make the argument that there's an adjustment period for that um i mean the thing was that in the beginning of the season it was uh, fitzpatrick as a starting quarterback so it's definitely a different uh, difference in quarterbacking i think um, a lot of the Dolphins were talking about how they stayed after practice and worked with to uh, um, with the lefty, the lefty spin. There's, you know, there, there's a lot of speculation on how much that actually affects. But in reality, if you're a professional football player, you should be able to um, adjust. And I think that they, they will be able to adjust next season mm-hmm. as 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 uh, two will get all the first team reps and he'll um, be battling for that um, starting position, which he has right now. So. Okay, and how much of the blame can we be putting on um, the former, former offensive coordinator? I say former twice because he is still the offensive coordinator, even though it was announced by um, some sources that he was fired. Chan Gailey, uh, who as of right now, it does still appear like he is with the team, that that was um, a little bit of a confusion um, with a fake Adam Schefter Twitter account uh, that all the other pages just ran with. Um, he is still, for now, the uh, offensive coordinator. How much of Tua's struggles can be placed on his shoulders for running a Fitzpatrick offense um, with Tua's skill set? I mean, I think a lot of people like to blame – I'm one of those people that like to blame Chan Gailey for Tua's um, – underperforming rookie season if you want to say that even though you can make the argument that his rookie season wasn't very underperforming you could compare that to a lot of rookie quarterbacks but Shan Gailey was tasked in running the offense through Ryan Fitzpatrick so at the beginning of the season he was basically tasked with doing that and he did that pretty well there was some instances where Fitzpatrick looked bad in games, but he ultimately was the better quarterback out of the two this season, in my opinion, based on the experience. But, um, you know, Chan Gailey actually did announce that he was going to resign from the team a couple days ago. So um, Miami is now looking for new offensive coordinators. And I think that it's, it's kind of good that, Chan resigned because I don't think that he was the fit for Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, um, it, it really is just one of those things where 
does it work out for them? Um, he, I think he was really talented. He knew what he was doing. Um, he was still the guy last year who won five games with a, a bunch of third stringers. So uh, a lot of that does go on Flores' shoulders, but Chan Gailey was able to work something out there. And when Fitzpatrick was out on the field, the offense was running very smoothly. We saw it against, for example, the Oakland, uh, not even Oakland anymore, the, the Raiders now. Um, right. So it, it's an offense that worked for Fitzpatrick's skill set, but not really uh, for Tua. Tua likes to break out for those more aggressive plays, the long bombs, you know, showcase some of that talent that he has that Fitzpatrick um, is lacking. But Fitzpatrick is more of the game manager, so it's more of the short throws, uh, just move the ball up the field, maybe set up for a Jason Sanders field goal. And speaking of that, um, Jason Sanders had himself quite a season. You think that could be replicated? Um, yeah, Jason Sanders is, in my opinion, one of the best kickers in the NFL. And that was a great find in the draft. He actually just got announced that he uh, is first team all pro for mm -hmm. kickers, according to AP. Um, I think that was well-deserved. He's, he's barely missed any kicks this season. And when he's been needed to be to get hit those game winners and hit those, I mean, he's nearly perfect from from 40 plus out, and he's mm -hmm. just basically automatic. So you, you can't get much better than what Jason Sanders has done this season, and he really deserved to be in the Pro Bowl, but um, obviously he was not able to get there. But AP um, got him to uh, first team All Pro, which is well deserved in my opinion. Yeah, I remember when I was driving around um, campus by the, the Dolphins practice facility after the tropical storm and the field goal was kind of tilted. Oh, really? Was like, they're trying to do everything they can to mess up Jason <laughs> Sanders. That's funny. Jonathan, what are your thoughts about uh, all this stuff? Chan Gailey, I know there's been some uh, controversial takes there with Tua's first year. I know you might not have been as hot on Tua's first year as – some uh, more seasoned Dolphins fans might be. Yeah, so listen, I when Tua came out in his first game and didn't he had like 90 something yards. I for, I forgot who it was against. The um, Rams. Yeah, I was there was a little red flag going on in my head. Um are they utilizing him correctly? No, the answer was absolutely not in that first game. Um but they won. So it it didn't make sense in my head that the, I mean you look back at the game, you were talking about how well the defense has played all season, and we can really attribute many wins that the Dolphins have had this season to the defense. Um, but it's an early sample for Tua, and you can't judge what his career is going to look like just based off of this one rookie season. And yes, it's difficult, especially with the left-hand, right-hand QB. They're switching in, in the middle of games. They're one person starting one game, one person starting another game. There's not really a flow established with this team and not really an alpha leader. With Tua moving on to next season, he needs to be that for the Dolphins, especially if they want to maybe win 12, 13 games this season. Um, definitely the, the team wasn't built for Tua and they kind of threw him into the fire. Um, strange, you, you know, when, when Tua was named the starter, uh, it felt like a, a punch in the gut to Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, with what was coming out. But there was just a lot of question marks with its, this team, and they never really got established. Yes, a 10-win season is a great season. Unfortunately, they didn't get 
to make it into the playoffs just because of how great the AFC is. But I was looking for a little more. I'm not going to jump the gun and, and say Tua's a bust. He's definitely not that. He can not not even rebound. He just needs to build off of this season. And he establishes fundamentals this year. And now next season, hopefully he doesn't have a sophomore slump. Yeah, it really is just a slow start when we've seen um, some of the other high-prospected quarterbacks like Joe Burrow before he got hurt and Justin Herbert and even um, Jalen Hurts, who mm-hmm. kind of came out on onto the field immediately and had an impact. But also look at those guys' offensive weapons. Uh, maybe not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts didn't really have any offensive weapons. But <laughs> the other two, Joe Burrow and um, Justin Herbert, they had a far superior uh, receiver core and an offense that was built around them solely because there was no question marks. Um, maybe with Justin Herbert, you could say uh, that they were starting the season off with um, Tyrod Taylor, but after he went down, it was very clear that there was only one option for a starting quarterback. Whereas Dolphins, it was kind of a question mark all year long. Who's starting every game even? Um, we know Brian Flores kept reiterating, it's going to be two that starts. It's going to be two that starts. But it seemed like it was always Fitzpatrick that finished. So um, moving on now from this season, let's talk about how we can actually get to uh, um, some better weapons. We talked about the third overall pick going wide receiver. Uh, what about off-season targets? I know you mentioned that um, the Dolphins do have quite a lot of cap room. And last year, when they had a lot of cap room, they made some splashes. They got the highest paid corner duo. Um, and like you said, they got a lot of uh, linemen too on both the defensive and offensive ends. So what about this year? They got a lot of money. What are they spending it on? So um, last season, they uh, Miami went very defensive heavy in free agency. They did get um, some offensive weapons such as Jordan Howard, who is no longer with the team and was probably one of the biggest busts of uh, free agent targets. Mm-hmm. Miami did not do a great job in getting running backs over in free agency because they did miss out on running backs during the draft last season. So it's going to be important to address that, um, that part because um, right now the Dolphins backfield consists of Miles Gaskin, who was a former seventh round pick, who did very well this season, but Miami still needs that RB1. Um, they are still lacking a bunch of receivers. So um, targets that I would like Miami to go after are uh, Allen Robinson, potentially, who's with the Bears right now. He's going to be a free agent. Um, Kenny Galladay with the with the um, Lions and Chris Godwin with the Buccaneers, who's also going to be a free agent. So there's a lot of talent out there. Um, it's it's really up to the, the, the general manager on, on how you, he wants to uh, – dictate all this and 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 spend the cap space but um at the end of the day miami's receiving room is going to look it's going to go from zero to 100 it's going to it's going to look totally revamped next season and i think that um two is going to be in a much better position to throw to actual talent on on the field yeah because i think his top target this year wasn't even his receiver it was gisecki Right. Um, because Devontae Parker was in and out with injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but hopefully we do see um, a team that is 
built to play offense because that, that was the one thing watching Dolphins games. I got more excitement when the defense was out on the field than when the offense was because the offense was kind of this boring little three-yard uh, passing where you play, maybe you move the chains, maybe they, they get down on like third and one and have to run or something. Um, but it was never these explosive uh, high-octane plays except for, like I said, against uh, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the defense is where all the, the action happened. There was pick sixes, fumble returns, all sorts of craziness. So hopefully uh, the offense is actually fun to watch because it was a 10-win team, but they certainly weren't must-watch TV every time they got out on the field. And maybe with a better receiving core, that'll change. And maybe more people will start to respect them. I think, uh, I think moreover, um, rather than just receiver help, um, Jacob mentioned that this team, Miles Gaskin isn't a true RB1. And he, he would be a heck of an RB2 um, in kind of a, a timeshare committee. Um, they need a, a true RB1 that can be a three-down back if they need it to be. I mean, Miles Gaskin's a hell of a player. I'm not saying anything bad about him. I'm just saying that he definitely needed some help. He can't do the entire workload um, that people kind of just expected him to do. It's uh, <laughs> a little outlandish for a guy that, I mean, nobody knew about a few years ago, so. Yeah, and the Dolphins really did stock up on uh, running backs. Just none of them panned out. Um, obviously, yeah. Miles Gaskin played all right, but uh, Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, did any of them get any more than like 10 minutes out on the field uh, over the entire course of the season? Um, they've been in and out with injuries, but then also in and out with just not performing. I know Jordan Howard kept getting stuffed um at the line of scrimmage he barely got any yards even though he got a lot of action for the first few games so uh gaskins played all right um but they they need to look somewhere else but the problem is there's a lot of receiver depth in the offseason is there a lot of uh running back depth in the offseason yeah i think that um i think miami should go after nai harris the alabama guy um in the first round um, they should, in my mock draft, I, I say Miami goes receiver running back um, or they trade down and get more picks. Look, I, I think that depth, um, Miami has, which the third pick in the draft, which is really, really crucial because they have the ability to get more draft picks. And what happened last last draft was Miami got depth at, um, at uh, offensive line. And the offensive line performed exceptionally better than last year. You see that Tua got sacked um, one of the least amounts. He got pressure one of the least amounts in the league. Um, so I think that this team does a really good job, job, job of drafting. And I think that uh, is a big thing because we, uh, Miami has very few draft busts. They, they, they draft really well. They get value at their position. So if you get if you just get that kind of value, I mean, Flores was a former scout, so he knows the talent. He knows where to get good players. Um, so I think that the draft is not really concerned because Miami usually hits on their players. Besides, um, except for maybe Noah Igbenogany, who was the first round pick last season, but he's still the young one of the youngest players in the NFL, and he's new to the cornerback position. So I think that the NFL draft. Um, not, not, not a concern to me. I trust the, the management up there. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, there will be new talent on this team and I'm not really worried about that. So and with Igamanagani, especially it's kind of hard to uh, outshadow 
uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. When you're out on the field with those guys, you're going to look like the weak link no matter what you do. Yeah. I mean, uh, Igmanogany, yeah, he, he, he made some very crucial mistakes this season, but he's one of those other players and in, in, that's going to be developed throughout, throughout his career. I mean, with Miami, it's not that one guy who comes out his rookie season who's like a Ferrari. There's, there's a bunch of guys that Flores likes to draft who are raw talent but need to be developed. And I think that's also with Tua that goes for a lot of players on this team. Mm-hmm. So earlier you said in your mock drafts, you have Miami going wide receiver running back, which is something really cool because you mentioned both Najee Harris and potentially Heisman winner Devontae Smith. Um, is it reasonable to assume that that's a probable path for Miami and will they jump the gun on these two extremely well-known talents? Yeah. Um, I think that, um, Devonte Smith, he, he's, he was with Tua in Alabama. So they, they do have this really good relationship there. There's so many wide receivers in the top 10 right now that Miami could get and get good value with. Um, but I think that Najee Harris is, is my favorite back right now because in reality, the last time Miami had a solid running back that went that was over a thousand yards and all that was, was Jay Ajayi. And back in, I think, 2016. Mm-hmm. So since then, Miami's really couldn't really, hasn't really been able to run the ball. And I think that if when you look at, when you look at uh, the charges with Herbert, he has the receivers, he has the running backs. He has the offensive coordinator, and that's why he's probably rookie of uh, offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you give two of that kind of privilege with 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 like an Austin Eckler, Ferrari type running back, um, but even even Najee Harris, who's like in my opinion the second coming potentially of Derrick Henry. Um, mm-hmm. You give you give two weapons like that that he's had in Alabama that made him such a, a good quarterback. He's gonna be he's gonna make that leap. Yeah, so you're getting a top three duo of Tua, Smith, and Harris. Uh, are we ready to just rename the team to the Miami Crimson Tide? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> especially especially since we're going to get those guys, so might as well just rename it, you know? I like the confidence. I mean, <laughs> if, if you look at that team next year with the defense that they would have, if they develop that offense properly and draft offensive weapons because that's their biggest need right now, we could be looking at a very, very different Miami team in, in maybe even next season. I mean, we don't know the impact. I mean, we do know the impact of rookie running backs in the NFL and how quickly they can change mm-hmm. um, everything about your franchise. We've seen it with Kareem Hunt come in from an injury for Kansas City. We've seen it with a bunch of guys. Um, running backs are kind of interchangeable. It, it's not the best thing for their careers, but... We see it all the time. Rookies come in and dominate the league. Jordan Howard, um, he had the rushing title one season in, in Chicago. So I'm excited to see what Miami can do with these these picks. They have the third and the 17th. So um, they, they can make some noise, even trade back, get another second, third rounder. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of options. And that's, I, I guess, always the fun thing. It's better when you have uh, a lot of options and your problem is what to do with all of these uh, variables rather than, you know, be put in a corner and you have to do just one thing, um, which it seems like the Dolphins have been in that corner for quite a long time. So it's nice to see them on the up and up uh, where it's not just, well, we 
have no offensive line, no defensive line, no receivers, no backs, nothing. Now it's, okay, well, you got a quarterback that you can build around. You got a solid offensive line, although it could still use a little work. I wouldn't be too surprised if they go with something like receiver, lineman in the first round instead of running back. Um, that would be a very Dolphins-esque pick. Um, but other than that, um, they, they do have a great defense that I don't know if they really need to even plug any holes on defense or if they should just go all in on their offense this offseason. Um, but what, one question that still is lingering in the back of my mind, do we get another year of Fitzmagic? Um, well, I have, I did read this article in the Miami Herald that came out about two days ago. It's an opinion piece. Um, basically, Armando Salguero was saying that he doesn't expect Fitzpatrick to return next season. Now, I don't know how, how true that is, but he is going to be a free agent. Um, Miami did uh did uh capitalize on fitzpatrick this season whether it was from his his uh his fourth quarter comeback against the raid uh, against the raiders or his um or his just his general um uh, leading of Tua tongue of and and him guiding him throughout the season but um do i think that fitzpatrick will return it depends there's a lot of teams uh, in the league right now that need uh need a quarterback um so he he might start on another team and that's ultimately what he wants the journeyman quarterback he -hmm. wants to be playing i mean when he found out the news that he wasn't going to be a starter on miami he was he wasn't very happy about that um so i i think it's there's a chance he comes back but there's also a chance that he goes to a different team and continues the journeyman legacy yeah so we've actually talked about this um one thing before on the podcast, but uh, you might not even know this stat. You know, he's played against every single team in the NFL except for the Packers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't so, know the Packers. <laughs> so so maybe um, he joins a, a division rival there to finally cross the last team off his list <laughs> uh, to, to play at least one game in his NFL career against the Packers. Uh kind of wild he's been on 10 different teams and not one of them has faced the Packers <laughs> before um so I, I think we're gonna wrap it up with uh one more question and try to be at, you know channel your inner uh Stephen A. Smith and give the your biggest hot take bold prediction um for next season where do the Dolphins finish how far do they go um yeah all that biggest hot um take the biggest hot take is that they um, they go far in the playoffs? I don't know about AFC Championship, but but they they could get there. Um, it depends really who we draft uh, this uh, this uh, come April. Um, so if if we have the offensive weapons that I think we're gonna get, then um, I mean this this team is still one of the youngest teams in the NFL, which is why I think they lost to the Bills in the way they did. But um, if, if they could get some veterans on the team, if they could get some some people that have been in that position before. I think that that the AFC championship is very much possible. Um, the only thing that that was holding this team back this season was was their was their young young guys, their young coach. Uh, their young coach got him there. Um, he he has he hasn't really been in the head coaching position before, where he's been uh, he's been in the Super Bowl, but he hasn't really um, had this um, challenge before. So I think that. Um, the more the more veterans they get, um, the AFC Championship is 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 completely in 
in the realm of, of mm-hmm. this team's potential. What about taking it a step back? Do they overtake the Bills for the division leaders? Or um, are they the top dogs in that division? No, I, I think they, they could definitely. I mean, this season they, they almost overtook them. Um, if it wasn't for the the last week of the season's loss and then you may be um, against the Broncos, you win that game and Miami is right there with the Bills. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be, that's going to be one of the biggest competitions in, in the AFC East. So the Jets and the, and the, and the, and the um, Patriots are not even close there. So I think it's going to be a very big competition between those two teams and the two divisional games that they play against each other next season are going to be very big and, mm-hmm. and, and those are going to determine who basically wins the AFC East. Let's see before we, we, throw the Patriots out of the picture. Let's see <laughs> what happens with the Sean Watson, because I heard there are trade rumors going around and new England could be interested in getting a player like the Sean Watson. So if that happens, this might be the most fun division to watch next season with mm-hmm. the bills, dolphins and the Patriots all being playoff contenders. And then let's all forget about the jets. Uh, they're, they're going, <laughs> Hey, at least the jets figured out what the dolphins figured out. And that's, you got to get rid of Adam Gates. If you want to succeed, yeah. they right. couldn't even, they couldn't even tank right and get the first overall pick. Now they might be, uh, I mean, I don't want to say stuck because Justin Fields is a, a hell of an option at number two, but, um, they might be with Justin Fields instead of Trevor Lawrence. Stuck with their second option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if there's anything you want to plug before we outro, uh, now is your chance, Jacob. I think you all got it um, at the beginning, but I appreciate it. Yeah, it was really great to have you on. And um, thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Um, if you did, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube and give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. We can be found anywhere. Um, also, if you want to debate any of these topics, join the app Sports Me, and you can talk to us directly about these we're going to go back and forth. It's going to be a great time. Um, anyways, thank you again, um, Finn's Dynasty, for joining us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time.